you. So February 17 is going to be a great night. It's my son Bo's first birthday. So I was like, what? That's a great, a great way to celebrate his birthday, right? Be here. Well, how's everyone doing tonight? Good. I am pumped. I am pumped for tonight for what God is doing already. Not even what he's going to do is what he's doing already. And if it's your first time, I want to welcome you. My name is Jake. Glad that you're here. Come introduce yourself to me afterwards. Love to get to know you, or at least get your name, so I can forget it over the next week. I'm kidding. I'll write it down. I will remember it. Okay. Sorry. So uh, a little bit, of, a little bit of information about me. I love golf. Any other golfers in the room? Any other golfers? Where's Logan at? Logan. Where's Logan? Dylan. He plays golf. That's right. Um, I'm, I'm a big golfer, and so one of my favorite. Uh, things to do is play golf like early in the morning, okay? It's like early in the morning, so it's like a little chilly. You get like the pullover and it's like dew still on the ground. I love golfing in the morning. Um, waking up early for golf, though, like the waking up part. I saw a meme about this and it's so accurate. So instead of golf, substitute something that you love to do. Maybe you love hunting or maybe you love, I don't know what you love, maybe you love like going to Chicago, and so like you wake up early to go to Chicago, and you get excited, right? So think about something you get excited about doing, and then substitute that. But for me, it's golf, and this is a meme that I have that I want to throw up on the, on the screen. So waking up early for work, waking up early for golf. That's me, okay? That's me. It's like golfing in the morning. It's like 5 a.m. I'm like, let's go, baby. We're going golfing. I'm like, I pop right up. I already got my golfing, you know, polo on, and I'm like, going. I'm ready. And so I saw this meme. It made me laugh, like, so hard when I saw it. And uh, one of the things that I think is funny about this is most people, like, dread waking up, especially young people, because you stay up to, like, 2 in the morning, right? And so, like, you dread waking up, especially for those, like, 8 a.m. classes, you know what I'm talking about, and you're like, I stayed up till 1, and I got to wake up at 6.30. This is awful. But most people dread waking up, and most people in general, not even just college students, dread waking up. Like, they don't wake up with energy. They don't wake up with purpose. They don't wake up with vision. They don't wake up with excitement. And one of the reasons why I believe this is true is not because of lack of sleep. It's because people do not have purpose, or they're not living with purpose. And so maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you don't get excited about waking up in the morning. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're not someone who's excited about life right now. Maybe you're, you're going through the motions, or maybe you're trying really hard and putting a lot of effort into your life, but there doesn't seem to be reciprocating energy on the, on the other end where you feel excited about life. And I just wanted to say, there's, the pop, there's this, this phrase, I actually learned this from, from Dylan's dad in a speech that he gave, but it's called the power of yet, okay? The power of yet, meaning that you may not have purpose or excitement or vision for your life now, right? But you might have it later, right? You don't have it yet. And so don't, don't sit in the lack of expression of purpose or the lack of experiencing purpose and lose hope. Hold on to that hope. Hold on to that light and to say, God still might have something for your life that is bigger than you can ever imagine. And so tonight what I want to talk to you about is, is all about purpose, but specifically is that this phrase that we were made to see God's kingdom cover the earth. We were made, each one of us, to see and participate in God's kingdom covering the earth. The title of this message is Cover the Earth, 
And it's not just the title of this message. I believe it's actually the entire narrative of Scripture that we see from Genesis all the way to Revelation is God's desire to cover the earth with his presence, his goodness, his truth, working through humans in relationship with them. So tonight, would you open up your heart to what God has for you? Um, Just really quick, would you put your doubts, just put a pause button on your doubts tonight. Some of you have come to events like this or maybe settings like this. You've come to church before and it hasn't, you've been let down. Put a pause on those doubts tonight and say, what if tonight's the night? Maybe if you're a skeptic and you're like, I don't know, man, I don't know about all this. You're, gonna, you're seeing people worshiping earlier and you're looking at them, raising their hands, they're kneeling, people are getting excited, falling down, and you're just that skeptic, right? You're like, what a bunch of showboats. They're just trying to get attention. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, I know some of you are in the room right now. Okay, you don't need to, I know who you are. I'm kidding, I don't know who you are. God knows who you are. But just take off that skeptic hat for tonight. Would you do that? Not for me. Do it for yourself. Take off that skeptic hat for tonight. And maybe some of you, you've been faking it, right? Like you want it so bad. You love God, but you feel like you've been faking. Take the mask off just for a second and bring your true self before God tonight. And I believe that um, if we do that, if we approach tonight like a child, with childlike faith, that God might do something in you that might instill purpose, vision, and peace and clarity in your life in a way that will set you on mission to live every day like the picture you showed, I showed earlier, where you are waking up every day. Your circumstances might not change, but you wake every, every day like you're golfing or like I'm golfing. You wake up every day excited, knowing that every day can be filled with purpose. Every day can be filled with, with passion and excitement and adventure. And so today, our, our key verse is in, found in Matthew 6. Tell them I said hi. And uh, it's in Matthew 6, verse 10. It says, your kingdom come. It's actually the Lord's Prayer. And so this is, it's the entire Lord's Prayer. Pastor Dwayne, this past weekend, called it. It's not the Lord. It's the disciples' prayer because Jesus wouldn't need to pray this prayer because he had never sinned. And so the part that we're going to focus on is the part of the prayer. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everyone say, on earth earth. as it is in heaven. heaven. When I was 20 years old, um, I had a mentor in college. This was before he was my mentor, actually. And his name was Darren. And and he, I heard him tell this testimony. And this testimony, God used to open my eyes to my identity and to my purpose in the kingdom of God and, and actually building relationship with God. This testimony just opened my eyes in a way that I never would have imagined, and I hope it would inspire some of you, and God will use it in this message tonight for, for some of you. And it wasn't something foreign, this testimony. It wasn't like, like when he shared the testimony, it was like new, but it wasn't like foreign new. It wasn't like outside new coming in new. It was actually something like something that was in me, but that had never been woken up. Something that was like new, but it was like I was made for this. It was something I'd never experienced, but it was something like, wow, this is actually who I am. And so he shared this story, and he and his friends, 
did an, an act, an evangelism activation called a treasure hunt. Okay, raise your hand if you know what a treasure hunt is. If you've ever heard of a treasure hunt. So basically, if you don't know what it is, it's this crazy thing that uh, charismatics and Christians do <laughs> where we, we, we sit in a small group of people and we pray and we, as a small uh, groups of people, we pray, God, where do you want us to go? And then we pray, what do you want us to do or what should we be looking for when we go to the location that you tell us to go to? So this group of my, my mentor and, and some of his friends prayed and they got, they were supposed to go to the mall and then they had a list of things that they were supposed to look for. And one of the things that they were supposed to look for was a girl in a brown sweatshirt. And so they had gone through the mall and they had other things that they were looking for. And then they, they were looking, 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 and they prayed for some people and they were right sharing the love of Christ with some people. And then they found the girl with the brown sweatshirt. So they're like, sweet. So they go up to the girl in the brown sweatshirt, and Darren, if you don't know him, he's like 6'5", like, so he's a, like a big guy, like that's intimidating, but he ends up walking up to this girl in a brown sweatshirt, and as they approach her, she seemed, seemed a little intimidated, a little uh, shy at first, but as they, as they approached her, they said, hey, we're Christians, we just want to pray with you, is there anything that we can pray for you for? And she agreed, and she didn't give anything, but they just prayed a general prayer, and prayed that the Holy Spirit would reveal himself to her. And then as they were praying, she started crying. And as she started crying, they were like, you know, like, when you're praying for someone and in tears, you're like, okay, this is a good thing, right? Like, a lot of times tears are bad things, but when you're a Christian praying for someone and you, you see tears, it's like, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? It's like, either, the, either you triggered a pain point or the Lord's moving. So you just pray that it's, <laughs> it's the Lord moving. And so she starts crying, and, and they're like, okay. And then right after they get done praying... She, she's crying, right, in front of these strange men that, that just came up to her and asked, can we pray for you? And she said, I was on my way to Victoria's Secret to buy lingerie. My boyfriend's been pressuring me to have sex with him. I don't want to do it, but I feel like I have to do it or he'll break up with me. I don't want to do this. And so they pray with her. They actually lead her to Christ, and they get her plugged into a local church. And, and I heard that story. It was like, like I said, it was like something so foreign, and it was something I'd never heard before, but it was like something that I was made for. It was like this friendship with God that wasn't in the building. It wasn't church. It wasn't a guy preaching. It was like, it was like a friendship with the God of the universe, and we say he knows all things, but experientially, it's like if he knows all things, why aren't we experiencing more than what we're seeing? And then I saw in a glimpse in this testimony that the God of the universe knew the girl was going to be at the mall and would send these guys to come and pray with her and to protect her and save her from making a decision that she would regret for the rest of her life. And I saw this friendship this relationship with this God that wasn't just for other people, but it was a friendship with another human to bless and serve and love the people in everyday life. And there was something in that that I was like, I need this. Like, I need this. Like, I cannot go through my life checking my morality box saying I didn't look at porn this week or I didn't do this this week or I didn't do that this week. I needed something more in my life that, that I couldn't put my finger on. And in that testimony, God opened my eyes. He, like, in a sense, tore the veil off my eyes and said, Jake, this type of lifestyle of friendship and relationship with me is what you're made for. And not just for yourself, 
but to be a river of living water that as you are filled with the goodness of God, that not just for performance, not for earning God's love, but from the overflow of the love he's shown me, I give it to the world free of charge. And that's what I, I heard in this testimony. And I was, and I was driven, and, and, and from that moment, the Lord took me on this journey to where I am right now. And it comes to, my, to this main point that I want to share with you is that we were made to see God's kingdom cover the earth. We were not made just to sing about it. We were made to see it. Now, singing it is, a, is often a precursor to seeing it, so you should still sing it. But we should see it in our lives. So let's pretend for a minute um, that I, I'm an owner of a five-star restaurant. Okay? And let's pretend that you are the owner of a one-star restaurant. It's my story. I get to choose who I am. <laughs> and I buy your restaurant from you. You're a one-star I'm a five-star. So what I'm going to do if I'm a five-star restaurant owner is I'm going to fire all of your employees. I'm going to throw your menu away. I'm going to renovate your kitchen. I'm going to buy all new tables. I'm probably going to bring in some workers to renovate the entire uh, seating area. You see, what I'm going to do when I buy your restaurant is I'm going to take what I found to be successful in my restaurant and I'm going to superimpose it onto yours that I just bought. Remember, it's my restaurant now. And I'm going to do this until your restaurant looks just like mine. Does this make sense? And so what God wants to do with us, now he bought us, right? Jesus Jesus came and shed his blood to buy us back. It says, your body is not your own. You were bought with a price. He doesn't want just to buy you and leave you a one-star restaurant. He bought you so that he could place his spirit in you in order to renovate your life in a way to, so that you could be the five-star restaurant. He wants to make you so brand new that when the, your returning customers come by, when your family, when your friends, when your high school friends see you, they're going to say, who the heck are you? In a good way. This is what God's saying to us when he sent Jesus into the world and he released his Holy Spirit into our lives it wasn't us reaching God with our morality and our goodness. This is what God said. I'm going to bring my world into yours until your world looks like mine. I'm going to bring my reality. This is what happened when Jesus came. He brought the kingdom of heaven. He brought the kingdom of heaven, all of the heavens, all of the, the rules and all of the principles and all of the power. He brought it to earth. He healed the sick. He, he, he opened the eyes of the blind. He forgave sin. He made lepers walk. He walked on water. He caught multitudes of fish many times. He multiplied the fish and the bread. You see, he superimposed the kingdom of heaven in, in, in a real time into the earth. And then once he resurrected, he sent his spirit to us so that all of humanity to, could experience the power of the resurrection of God, the kingdom of heaven. 
And this is what? This is God's plan. This is God's purpose for our life. It's not that we would be just simply moral beings, but we would be homes to the very presence of God in which God would fill us in a way that we would overflow in order that we would see his kingdom and we would use our friendship and our relationship with God to see our world look more like his that our inner world would look more like his, that our outer relational world would look more like his, his, that our city would look more like his, that every part of our being would look like his world. i got to be careful not to get ahead of my notes. I am like pumped up. This is why we pray. Matthew 6. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is not a prayer that is not a prayer in the Bible so that we could just pray it. It is the actual desire of Jesus. This is his desire, his purpose for our life, that we would participate in seeing heaven, seeing justice, seeing righteousness, seeing peace, seeing joy, fill the lives of Christians every day. It's that our lives would actually be a reflection of Jesus and his kingdom. And that all the world would look to us, as it says in Matthew 5, that they would see your good works and what? Glorify your Father who's in heaven. You see, Rick Warren wrote a book. It's a really, really popular book. It's called The Purpose Driven Life. The new version is called, uh, what's the new version called? What on earth am I here for? Okay, sorry. What on earth am I here for? So the first phrase that he has in this book is this. It is not about you. People are always asking, what's my purpose? A lot of young people, right? You're going to college, you're, you're, you're seeking your degree, you're seeking what are you going to do for the rest of your life, you're, you're seeking, right, you want certainty. And the first point is people go to God to find their purpose. Listen, we go, this is the prayer. God, show me my purpose. You get it? It's like we're going to God saying, I need to have certainty. I need to have this control. I need to have this figured out so that I can show my friends that I have it figured out. So I can show my friends my degree path and my five-year plan. And I can have it all figured out. God, I feel insecure, so I'm going to go to you so that I don't have to feel insecure. I don't want, you know, I don't want all of you. I just want the enough, enough of you to have the purpose so that I can look good. So I can feel secure. That's what we do in American Christianity is we, we, we pick and choose what we want based on convenience in God that is not the gospel. And here I'm going I'm to say this phrase. It is so true. and it, it is pr more profound than what you would realize on the surface. Our purpose isn't given to us from God. Our purpose is found in God. This is what I mean by that. God doesn't have like a... a a purpose that's like written out in heaven for you, right? Like a job description. Like, he doesn't have a job, like, he's not sending you an email with your purpose. Like, he's not going to text you, be like, hey, uh, just got off the, the phone with Holy Spirit, and uh, here's your purpose. Because he wouldn't deliver it to you without him. You see, what I mean by in God is that the only way for you to discover your purpose is to forsake the need to have a purpose of your own. 
in order to find your purpose, you have, to, you have to say, God, I don't need a purpose. I'll pick up your purpose. Like, I, God, I don't need one. I don't, I, even though it seems crazy, like I, I want to have a four-year plan, and you should plan, right? I'm not, I'm not bashing on plans. You should plan, but you shouldn't find your identity in your plan. And so what you need to do, your purpose is found in relationship with God. Your purpose is found in the mandate that God gives you to love God and to love others. Your purpose is valuing his kingdom above everything else, forsaking all else, and following Jesus every day and delighting in the relationship, in the conversation, and in the communication, and the communion that you have with him. This is your purpose. It is not found from God. It is found in God. Our purpose is all about God. Any life that is not active, actively participating in the expansion of God's kingdom on earth is a wasted life. You could have, you could have billions of dollars, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, or these billionaires, and all of their life is meaningless if they are not growing and expanding the kingdom of God. All of their life is literally meaningless. Now, God might use their technology to, to advance his purposes apart from their participation, but for their individual lives, it's meaningless. Because any life that is not actively participating in the expansion of God's kingdom is a wasted life because we were made to be in relationship with God. We were made to see God's kingdom cover the earth. Don't, so it says on earth as it is in heaven, right? <laughs> I don't want you to mistake this imagery, right, of on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we, like, we'll be like, on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is this, this like, just perfect place of harmony and peace and clouds and white linened people everywhere, and that's what we're trying to get earth to look like, right? What happens is when you're praying on earth as it is in heaven, it, it, would, it more accurately is depicted as warfare than anything else. It is the kingdom of darkness being invaded by the kingdom of light, and the darkness cannot overcome it. It, it is not this, this gentle thing that comes down. It is an active pursuit of the people of God to take ground away from the kingdom of darkness to cover the earth. Covering the earth does not happen passively or accidentally. Covering the earth is an assignment that people with purpose and passion and mission go on intentionally daily in relationship with Holy Spirit to do every day. It is not passive. It, it, it would more accurately say you have blood on your, you have blood on your uniform, you have dirtied hands, you are, you smell like the, like the gunpowder from a gun, you're, you're, you're going on this militant battle to go and take ground, to cover the earth with God's kingdom. That's what the prayer more accurately is depicted as. Now, not to say that the kingdom is violent, it's not violent. The kingdom, even though in the spiritual realm it might look like that, as, it, as it's played out, is actually us serving. It's us loving. It's turning the cheek. 
It's praying, it's faith, it's peace, it's joy, it's righteousness in the Holy Ghost. This is the kingdom. I'm convinced that one of the, one of the, one of the reasons the majority of people in the church struggle with sexual immorality, pornography, masturbation, sex, hookups, oral sex, towing the line, going just as far without maybe, you know, their, their conscience takes them and they, they, they tow the line and all this sin, not just sexual sin, but we do it in all other areas of sin. One of the reasons why we, we hate it, we don't like that we do it, but we fall back into it every single time, I'm convinced that one of the main reasons Christians fall back into sin is because we're not actively pursuing the kingdom, pursuing the expansion of God's kingdom, pursuing uh, covering the earth in our realms of influence with God. I think some of us will take this message and we try really hard and we try to be nice, we try to love, but we kind of miss out on the with God part. And that because we're not missionally driven to go and do, 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 and we're not missionally driven to love and cover and live in peace and to expand God's kingdom, we get distracted and we get tangled up in the world's affairs. When you're focused, it says if the eye is single, the whole body will be filled with light. If the eye is double, the whole body will be filled with darkness. When our focus is on growing and covering the earth with the goodness and the love of truth of God, not the time... The temptation won't go away, but what will happen is that we will not have as much time in our mental capacity to entertain the temptation because we are filling our mind with our relationship with God. We are filling our mind with the truth of the Bible. So tonight, would you rethink your life? Maybe not all of your life, but rethink God's view of yourself. He's not waiting for us to have it all together. He's saying, come and get to know me. I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for you that's bigger than anything you could think of on your own. It's, 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 it's bigger than making money. It's bigger than, than marriage and family. It's bigger than, than all of these good things that he's given us to enjoy. And he's saying, would you come and just get to know me? Would you come and set aside time to have conversation and delight in the relationship, in the love that I have for you. He's saying, will you just come and get to know me? Gee, uh, gosh. And as you do that, on your journey, offer that love and that grace that God's shown you to other people. Don't be an expert just because you found God and go tell all your friends, no, you're the expert. Be humble. Don't just go and offer a bunch of advice to all your friends because you're passionate for Jesus, offer prayer to your friends. Don't pretend like just because you started going to church or maybe you, you started in a small group and you're experiencing life at, at a level you've never experienced, don't pretend like you're perfect. Just tell people how perfect Jesus is. That is expanding God's kingdom. That's expanding and covering the earth with the goodness of God. It's, it's delighting in the Lord and overflowing in Him and then having that reach the spheres of influence that you live in. Remember, we were made to see God's kingdom cover the earth. We were made for it. In this kingdom that we read about in, in all throughout Scripture, Jesus teaches us in Matthew 4. He says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, 
Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the kingdom of heaven is the place of God's rule, so God's ruling, right? Jesus is the king of the kingdom. And he says, it's at hand. Everyone, like, reach out in front of you, like right here. What he's saying is, it's like, just look at your hand. God's reign, his power, his peace, his righteousness, his provision, everything that he has to offer is right in front of you. Everything. It's right here. It's at hand. It's not out there. And so that's, as we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. So many times, like when we're worshiping and stuff, like what, where do we normally look? We look up. We're like, God, your kingdom, right? You're like, Jesus. It'd be more accurate to be like this. God, your kingdom come. Because his kingdom isn't necessarily vertical. It's not up there somewhere. His kingdom is spiritual. It's unseen. And so although it's not wrong to look up, it might, be, it might be a more accurate representation as we seek to cover the earth with the kingdom and the love and the spirit of God to view it as right here. That God, I don't need you to come down. You're already here. God, when Jesus, it says in Colossians, it says that when Jesus went on the cross, he made a public spectacle of all of the powers of darkness. Meaning that when he died on the cross, all of the powers of darkness, the power of the devil, the power of Satan, the power of sin was crushed in a moment. And the kingdom of heaven, when Jesus resurrected, was released throughout the entire earth so that the entire earth has been covered by the presence and the spirit of God. So that king, God's kingdom coming isn't, isn't up there coming here, although that we see a day where God's full kingdom will come and his second coming, what we get to participate in is his kingdom coming now as a foretaste of his kingdom coming then. And that when we seek to, to, to live out righteousness and peace and joy, as we seek relationship with Jesus, we're getting a foretaste of what it'll be like for eternity. When we see a friend come to know Christ, when we see a friend overcome depression, when we see a family member come to know Christ because of our proclamation of the gospel with boldness, it's a foretaste of, of God's kingdom coming where Jesus makes all things new. So instead of looking up when we pray, it's here. We're not begging God to come. He already came once. He said it's finished. So everything that we need, everything that we want, all of our purpose isn't up there somewhere. All the purpose that we need, all the clarity and the peace that we need is right in front of us. And the devil is going to try to get us distracted so that we don't see it. And here's the reality. It says we're supposed to pray God's kingdom come as a part of our purpose in our life. If we do not pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done, we will not participate in, in it happening. You see, prayer precedes the power. Prayer precedes. It happens before the kingdom coming. Prayer is the, is the place where we meet with God, develop intimacy and closeness with God in a way that we're able to see God's kingdom coming. John 3 says that we cannot see the kingdom of God, we cannot see God moving unless we are born again, meaning that it's God who allows us to see his movement in the earth. 
Remember, we were made to see God's kingdom cover the earth. We were made for it. From the beginning, Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, God gave them the mandate to go and and cover the earth. He gave them the mandate to to cover the earth and to subdue it in Genesis 1.28. They sinned and that that mandate was broken. they, They handed the keys of authority over the earth to the devil. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus came back to earth. Jesus came to earth to restore the rightful authority to humanity in order to cover the earth with the reign and the goodness of Jesus in our God. I have too many notes. I'm just looking at what I'm going to skip over and what I'm going to preach. <laughs> Okay, here's where I'm going to go. So I was praying about this service and the, the idea of covering the earth, and one of the first images I got was um, like Verizon or AT&T where they show the map, you know what I mean, like the world, and they're like, they're like, this is our coverage, right? This is our coverage. This is our LTE, 4G LTE coverage. I was thinking, how many of us tonight would see, would see our lives as a part of that happening in God's kingdom? That your life, as God looks at the earth, he looks at you and loves you and he sees his kingdom covering the earth through Christians, through little ambassadors, representing his kingdom. Media and the devil and demons will try to tell you that darkness is winning. They'll try to convince you darkness is winning. No, it's not. God has won. And the only way that the devil gets a hint of satisfaction is convincing Christians that God hasn't won. And as you start to see God's kingdom move, you, you, once you see how much God is moving inside people and inside of you, you'll never be convinced that the devil's winning. But if we get stagnant and we live halfway, then we'll be convinced that the devil's winning and we'll just pray that God rescues us or that the rapture comes. But living on purpose, like... Like, if the rapture comes, great, but I'm having a ball until then, right? I'm, like, living my best life. Like, we are seeing, I am seeing so much goodness in the ministry, in my, in my own personal life. And I'm seeing God moving and people in, in, in ways that I'm like, this is, like, unlike anything I've ever seen. Like, this is crazy what God's doing inside of people, specifically inside young people. This is insane what God's doing in the earth. And I was just thinking, I was doing some math. There's about 150 people here. If each one of us, God, you know, we're in our relationship with God, we're in prayer, we're reading scripture, we're conversing with God, and he gave us one assignment per week where it was like, go and pray for your neighbor. Or it was, 
you know, give a, give a big tip to your waitress and pray for them. Or it's, or it's sharing a testimony with a family member that declares the goodness of Jesus when they're all talking negativity about politics or culture. You know, just glimpses of the, resur- of the kingdom of God moving. If each one of us did that, 150 people, one time per week, there would be 7,800 times in which the kingdom of God was expressed in one year. And that's literally with like one group of people doing that one time a week, which is not that many times per week once you start doing it. (laughs) And I'm just thinking like, this is crazy, guys, like how much God's kingdom is expanding and how much it can and will expand as we develop relationship with God, get a vision for our life, and realize that we are an active participant in the kingdom of, kingdom of heaven advancing in the earth. God's rule and reign, his, his love and his mercy covering the earth. And the beautiful thing is that everyone contributes. Everyone gets to contribute to the, to the, to the covering of the earth. You have groups, right? So we have a bunch of people that went on every heart tour, and they went all over the country. We have YWAM people go to different countries. We have mission trips that go all around the world. We have all these things that happen all around the world, but God's purpose for our life is that our everyday life would transform our city. Is yes, we need missionaries to go, but we need Christians to stay and shine. We need missionaries to go, and we need to pray for them that the gospel would advance, but we need Christians here to pray just as hard, go just as hard, be just as intentional at your workplace, at your college, at your home, wherever you go. Just like, this is the place. We need to stop saying, oh my gosh, look what's happening in Africa. We need to say, look what's happening in Granville. We need to say, oh, look what's happening over there. We need to say, wait, God, I'm not satisfied. I'm happy that you're doing it there. Do it here. We need to stop celebrating and being passive and saying, oh my gosh, God, you're so good. You're so good. I just trust that you're so good. We need to say, God, you're so good. I want to see it. I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, in my living. I want to see my school. I want to see my family. I want to see my life. God, I want to see my inward life like I've never seen it. I want to see the purity, the holiness. I want to see the, 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 just the desire that I have for you, God, increase. You see, we can't just look outward and say, God, you're so good. We need to be ones to say, you know what? Let it happen here. There's so many things that happen where we just celebrate other people. We are secondhand Christians, and God never designed us to be secondhand. He designed us to be face-to-face. He designed us to be right in front of us. He designed us to say, hey, I did it over here. I want to do it over here. But don't just copy and paste. Develop relationship. Get inspiration. Get hope. And then allow me to direct you in the way that you need to be directed because every city is different. Grand Rapids is different than Hudsonville, and Wyoming's different than, than Granville, and we're all different cities, and we need people in every city to take ownership of their city, to take ownership of their campuses, to take ownership of their families, and not ownership in the, in the realm that I have responsibility, but I have the, the, I have the opportunity to serve. And in serving, God is glorified. And we don't just do this through evangelism. We don't just cover the earth with preaching the gospel, although those are essentials. We, we do it through our life, through art and music and work and photography and sports. We, we take every part of our life and we say, God, redeem this thing and make it useful to cover the earth. 
If you're an athlete, take your team and say, God, my team, let me serve my team. If you're, if you're a musician, take my music and let my music serve the kingdom. If you're a photographer, make my, make my skills serve and my pictures serve your kingdom, God, and tell a story that people will see the goodness of God. We don't need to be overtly Christian in everything we do in order for God's kingdom to cover the earth. We need Christians who will partner with God in a way that would cover the earth with creativity, with passion, and with truth, and humility. So the little things matter, guys. In Luke 16, it says, he who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and he who is dishonest with very little is also dishonest with much. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that, that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we do can be done for Christ in the name of Christ to expand his kingdom. And so I want to end with this testimony before we go into a time of a ministry time where we just go back into worship. We're just going to invite God to come and just pray that God would give you clarity. He would show you your purpose. He would show you, he would give you excitement to wake up in the morning and to, to do life with him every day. Now, I can't make that happen for you. Only God can make that happen for you. And we trust, we've been praying for this night, God is going to do that for you. Remember I told you to take that skeptic hat off? Remember I told you to take that doubting, to put pause on your doubts, and to come like a child tonight, and God is going to meet you in a way that is so special, I promise. So covering the earth is an everyday thing. It's not a special thing with church services. It's not a special thing, although church services are amazing. I think they're pretty cool, I guess. I have to say that. <laughs> it's every day. So, I was in Bigby once. I don't go to Bigby anymore, okay? <laughs> once Wild Rose came into town, I was like, sorry, Bigby. <laughs> Deuces. Um, I was in Bigby, and I, w- I was chatting with some people, and then the Lord just laid it in my heart. It was like, hey, go pray for the barista. So I walk up, and it's just gal there, and I was just like, hey, can I pray for you? And, like, she was like, sure. <laughs> like, kind of weird, you know what I mean? Like, if you've ever done what I call a stranger evangelism, if you've ever do, done stranger evangelism, people are like, you know, it's just fun because people are th- so thrown off guard by you asking if you can pray for them. So I go, can I pray for you? And she's like, sure. And so pray for her, and, and, and I'm praying for her, and the Lord just starts stirring things up, and the Holy Spirit was just in Bigby. Remember, it's at hand. Like, the kingdom of God is in Bigby. And so he's just there, and I'm just praying. And as I'm praying, I'm just praying the peace of God. I just pray, fill Macy with peace. Like, the peace of God. It's interesting, because in Corinthians, it says that the kingdom of, is it Corinthians? That the kingdom of uh, God is not eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit expresses the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So I pray, I just pray that Macy would experience the peace of God right now. And she's sitting there behind the counter, just people in Bigby. And she's standing up, and she just goes like this. On the counter. Just like this, and just starts weeping, crying. And I'm like, um, what? I did not hurt her, I promise. You know, like... <laughs> I did not hurt her. And I'm not, this is, I'm not exaggerating. She like dropped. And I'm just praying for her. I'm just like, Lord, I just thank you. You love her so much. 
God, you, you sent me here to tell her how much you loved her and that you want her life and that she's worth and that she's value, right? And I'm just praying this over her. And she gets up and I just pray with her. I share the gospel with her. And then, um, yeah, and I, go, and I see her, you know, a few weeks later, I go back there and I see her. I'm encouraging her, encouraging her to go to church. And, and, and then she quits and I don't see her anymore. And I'm like, I don't even know if this, you know, I'm like, I don't know what happened. Like, that was a pretty cool, like, not pretty cool. It was just an interesting experience where, she, like, the power of God hit her and she's dropped right there. But two years later, I was talking to someone and they're like, hey, you know the gal, this gal. And I was like, oh, who is that? And she's like, yeah, she said you prayed for her at Big B. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Like, she, two years after that, she went back to church and got saved. And she was just telling me that how much that made a difference in her going back to church two years later. And I'm just like, and this isn't a story about me. It's a story about the kingdom being at hand. And that you don't need to, now bring your friends to church, but you don't need to bring your friends to church, right? God has placed you strategically in the life of people that need the love and the joy and the peace of God. And you don't need to wait to bring them to me to pray for them. You pray for them. You were made to see the kingdom of God cover the earth. Now, you don't need to cover the whole earth. God's given you your life. He's given you your people. He's given you your job. He's given you your gifts. And our job is to not waste it. Our job is to steward and to be responsible for what God's given us, to bring glory to his name, to see his kingdom cover the earth so that our eyes are fixed on growing his kingdom. We don't get tangled up in sin. We don't get tangled up in the affairs of politics. We don't get tangled up in the drama of friend groups. God, we see his kingdom and we say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as you pray that, God honors your uh, sincere expression of faith and he gives you opportunity on a daily basis. Now, you may not have an opportunity to share the testimonies in front of this many people, but guess what? God rewards what is done in secret. You are not doing it to share a testimony on Instagram. You are not doing it so that you can share it on a night. You are not doing it so you can show them off to your friends. You are doing it because God so loved the world. He, 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 want, he sends us out not so we can be famous. He, he does not send us out so that people could know your name. He sends us out so demons will know our name. He sends us out so that when when demons see us coming, they're like, watch out. He sends us because we are the ones that he's called to cover the earth. If God wanted to cover the earth, if he wanted to cover the earth, he could do it in the snap of a finger, but he chose to fill your life, first your inner life, to make you brand new, to make you holy, to make you righteous apart from your own works, and then he sends you on mission to say, see what I did in you? Cover the earth, baby. He says, cover the earth, baby. And don't do it for fame. Don't do it for notoriety. Do it for the name of Jesus. Do it in silence. Do it anonymous. Do it so no one sees you but your heavenly Father. And what he sees that's done in secret, he will reward you when you're in heaven. And I tell you what, I'd rather have heavenly rewards than earthly rewards. I'd rather have angels clapping than you clapping. I'd rather have them clapping than Twitter clapping. I'd rather have God clapping than anyone else clapping for me. Because he's the one that on the day when he comes back, he will say, what did you do? You had your life. 
I gave it to you. Did you waste it? Did you use it building worthless junk that will crumble when I come? Or, are you, or did you use it to grow the kingdom of heaven and to see heaven come to earth and to love the widow, to love the poor, to love the people that no one else will love? And did you, did you proclaim the truth with no excuse? Did you look at all of the opinions of people and you say, you know what, I see your opinions, I know you don't like what God says, but I, I care about his opinion above everything else. This is what you're made for. You're not made, you're not made for Instagram and Snapchat. You're not made for college and m- making money. All those things are a part of it. You were made to partner and have a relationship with God, have your life transformed and made new, and then take that transformation of life and spread through serving others. We're going to go into this time of ministry. I'm just going to pray, and then I'm going to invite everyone just to come up and then into the middle, and we're just going to go back into some time of worship. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. Holy Spirit, We can do nothing apart from you, so have your way tonight. God, people who have been burned by church or religion, God, you have a special message for them tonight that you want to impart to them. God, people who are hungry for more, you're, you're ready to give them more. So Holy Spirit, we just trust that you will do exactly what you want to do. So come in power, come to transform us, God, and we worship you. And we just, God, our desire, I just speak on behalf of this group, God. I feel it in the room, God, that I just express, God, that we want to see your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I just feel the selfishness and the self-preservation falling off of this room, God. That there's just this sincere expression to God to say, we want to see your kingdom come. And this expression to you, God, you delight in. So God, help us to, to sincerely desire that in a way that transforms us. Holy Spirit, would you help us to pray? Help us to worship. Help us, God, to see what we need to see and to heal where we need to heal and give us confidence, God, where we need confidence. So Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm gonna invite you to stand up and just to come into the middle. Tiffany and Landis are gonna lead us into...